0: Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Torrest, Commander of the Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song.
1: The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
0: This behind you is not giving hotel room like this is giving house.
1: Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button while you're around. Uh, I do three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle O'Meara. Today, my guest is Sabrina Carpenter. We're going to be talking about her new record called Emails I Can't Send. It's an album that reflects on her uh, emotional trauma and drama sometimes uh, of the last few years. Uh, We're going to be discussing the journey to allowing herself to be more publicly vulnerable, uh, the press and rumors behind uh, songs like Because I Like the Boy and channeling Alanis Morissette, Dolly Parton, Joni Mitchell, Ani DeFranco and Carol King on the tracks. Uh, sabrina's also going to tell us about how switching record labels might have allowed for more freedom uh, starting a production company during the pandemic and working with a tiger in one of her latest videos all that and more we're talking emails i can't send it's kyle meredith with sabrina carpenter
0: hello that's a great intro how are you
1: it's great to see you it's been great to listen to this new album um i i I just want to start with the compliments uh, you've always been a great musician, but there is something about this record that seems just worlds, like leaps and bounds ahead. Like something happened, something happened. I don't know what it is.
0: Trauma. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> trauma. Well, there trauma. we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Um, and that's it's, all you can ever hope to do is like, le- like if if you go away for a few years in life, like grow. You know, and i and I think that that was something that i I had always hoped would happen. I didn't know to what capacity it would happen um and I'm just so grateful I've learned so much, and I wouldn't you know trade any of it for the world. and I am very, very close to this album, so I'm just so grateful for everyone who's listened.
1: well, the one thing that's really evident right from the beginning is it does feel like a deep, deeper connection to, to storytelling. I know the story, as you've told many times at this point, that a lot of these lyrics started with uh, emails, just, you know, that you were sort of diary esque, uh, but, but that's still, you know, I think it should be said that the arts in your storytelling uh, is really evidence on this, doing it the way you did it. And with this approach, like how, what did that mean in the way that you approached the songs uh, and, and what was the story that you wanted to tell?
0: I think that's what's so interesting about it is that there wasn't there couldn't have been one story that I wanted to tell uh, other than just the life that, you know, I have been culminating over the last I mean, technically, I started the album almost three years ago, but I would say that the album dives into much deeper parts than just the last two and a half years of my life. I think it was just maybe the moment that I decided to face kind of what came before, uh, as well as what was happening in the moment. And And also just not limit myself. I think, um, you know, I've learned so much from so many incredible songwriters and producers and people that have been doing this far longer than I have over the years of my life. And I have so much gratitude towards them, but I do think that maybe there was a sense of me feeling like I had to uh, perform a specific type of way or be a specific type of uh, voice, you know, at that time in my life. And maybe I was writing things, thinking about how they would perceive them and writing stories of mine, thinking about how people would uh, like connect them to me as a person and less just being honest and less just saying what I actually felt and less just sort of, you know, being myself. And uh, I think the last two years for everybody was sort of decided uh, all of us collectively kind of not to put up with as much bullshit as maybe we did in the past Um, or just kind of realizing life is too short to keep you know lying to ourselves about how we really feel and there was so many of those moments where I I would say to myself like you know I'm very scared but life is too short like it's so much scarier to not say how I truly feel than it is to say how I feel in the moment um, and maybe deal with some consequences so so that was sort of the the fuel starter i think for the whole thing and and then it was just i couldn't stop writing and it really became like the only thing that got me through what i was going through and the the album was birthed so naturally and so organically i couldn't have asked for a um more beautiful like experience in making an album because i i just felt like i was closer to myself than ever before
1: it is an interesting way to to write i mean in one sense all lyrics might be emails that you can't send in in a way, but, but to specifically sort of frame it around Mm -hmm. that, like how much of that is a one way street? Because, because I I don't know, are there response songs? Like you don't exactly get the response that you would from an email in that way.
0: Right. Wait, that's a good question. But what do you mean specifically?
1: Yeah. It's just the the way that you wrote them. Like when, when you, when you put them out there like that, I guess I'm asking like, of the parts that we don't see here because obviously you're you we're only seeing what you're giving us you know uh but but in that in that context of of not just lyrics but but letters that you're sending like when you would send a letter you would get a response when you send these out it's not the same way other than just maybe with your listeners i
0: get a response like (laughs) don't (laughs) don't get it twisted no i it's interesting because that was the whole sort of reason behind these being these being things that I never probably would have wanted to say to myself let alone to anybody else uh and I think what was so interesting about it is I there was a very vivid like one that I was sort of writing to myself at a time where I was just like this is so stupid everything I'm writing makes no sense and like none of this is going to mean anything to me I just need to say it otherwise I will go crazy and it's those moments were like, I don't want to put that on my friends. I don't want to put that on my family. I don't even know if I want to put that on a therapist. I just need to process that myself. And it was that particular one that I went back and I looked at and I was like, there's just so many honest things in here. And as dumb as they are, honestly, that is sort of my sense of humor, one. But two, um, it is the closest to how I truly felt in the moment without all of the overthinking Uh, and me going maybe this doesn't sound aesthetic enough or maybe this doesn't sound like it's a tattooable lyric like I would think about those things I would think about you know the things that I I feel like maybe my audience was going through and less about what I was actually going through and I think uh, you know I'd been really lucky to be making music before that since I was much younger and so to be able to like peel back sort of those layers that maybe I had built up and walls that I had built up for a really long time was very, very necessary.
1: Which song was that that you're referencing?
0: <laughs> emails I Can't Send.
1: Oh, okay, so the title track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And that was, and that was essentially the, the title came out so easily because I was just like, I should just call us emails I can't send. And then that was it. And, and usually like, I'll, I'll really overthink an album title specifically too. Um, but it, then it just made sense when I thought about every song, it was all, it, it all stemmed from these things that I was just like, mm, maybe someone's going to be mad <laughs> and, and maybe I'm going to be mad and maybe everyone's going to be mad. <laughs> um, but that is life. And, and if, if any ask, if any part of your life that you're going to experience those feelings in, it probably is going to be right around now. Like for me, at least early twenties and just fresh out of my first pandemic, and you know,
1: <laughs> like there's some of those, especially with that style. The style that we're talking about, not only uh, get on this for another moment here, but like uh, even in the song "Skinny Dipping," like when I heard that, like my first thought was, "Oh, oh, like Alanis, Alanis Morissette, like she was really great at this." Like the the I, I always called those the let her letter songs that you know they always started like a letter. Were you like? Like uh, obviously channeling anyone, you know, uh, oh inspirations, anything like that when you were right, like was that on your mind?
0: You know, there was there were so many artists that my mom and dad introduced me to when I was very young. like Alanis, a huge one, Joni Mitchell, um, Ani DeFranco, um Carol King, Dolly Parton. Like there was there were so many of them that I I grew up just being so in love with and I think for a really long time what w- just was so funny to me as I was like I can't reference these artists they're almost too um, brilliant I would never want to step into like that sort of universe of, of things that were just done so well but then I sort of realized that it was just like that was the kind of music that made me feel something and something so strong and a feeling that I could never like capture in any other way other than to just rant. And I think that there was a lot of those moments where, you know, I definitely pulled inspiration from the the great ones uh, and it it sort of depended. Sometimes it would would just happen in a more musical element. Like I definitely think, you know, Dolly was an inspiration to me for a few of the, the sonics on the record, especially some of like pedal steel moments and um, just really the live instrumentation came from, you know, so many of the incredible artists I grew up listening to. So uh, definitely i mean that was that was the music that got me through really hard times in my life so it was obviously the music that i was turning to that felt like it was an inspiration to me definitely
1: i do love hearing that dolly was a part of this and uh i Thanks. mean she's always Thanks. having a big moment but uh even being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame here when in a couple months like she's I like mean, the greatest
0: deservedly so she's phenomenal i start every morning i listen to heartbreaker by dolly parton on vinyl like it's my favorite album uh and yeah, I think it's very evident, like definitely certain times I'll, I'll listen to things. And I'm like, oh, Dolly's influence always lives.
1: Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know Deals with allergies to some degree, and for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything, and I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work, and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you get into a song like, um, like, because I like the boy, you know, and and, and I'll go back to what you're saying. Like, okay, you definitely hear feedback. I, I think this is one of those. But for what, for all the things that I, I think has been talked about in the media, the one thing that I haven't heard a lot. And, and the thing that I heard when I first heard it wasn't about whatever might have been happening in your life, but, but more about how people are treated online. Hmm. and in the media how much of that was on your mind with a song like that because again I'm sure there is a big personal connection there but it does seem to go further like like there was a reaction before this song was out
0: what's so fascinating to me is the way that it has applied to so many people's life like that I've seen so far after after it's been released in such a different way than I experienced it but still in such a powerful way it's sort of like the domino effect how like one little choice in your life can affect so many things and I think it was never like I didn't sit down to write the song about cyberbullying uh, I, I don't think um, I don't think I could take myself seriously writing that because it's almost too real and you know I, I, I think that there was so many layers to that that it's so funny because it's It's great that that's something that you took away from it because it obviously was real to me, but it wasn't something that I was consciously writing from. I I really was just like, start to finish, let me just tell the story the way that it happened to me. And, um, you know, it's been so it's been so inspiring, if anything, seeing the way that people have kind of taken it and used it to empower themselves.
1: And it's so insanely catchy. the amount of time I walk around with that song in my head, which is an odd song, I think, for me to walk around. I feel like it's an odd song, but.
0: Someone said, like, it's a terrible song for the people that like to sing under the breath all the time because they're just (laughs) seeing that they're a homewrecker and a slut all the time. Um, It is very funny, though. I did say to my friend, I was like, I truly was just mostly excited to sing this song live and to have a crowd sing that they're a slut very loud. (laughs) I think that'd be very fun.
1: (laughs) Uh, There are those catchy moments everywhere. Fast times, I mean, the piano and the strings and the guitar, by the way, you brought back guitar solos. That's,
0: I don't know if I single-handedly did, but I (laughs) definitely needed that for myself.
1: (laughs) It is. What what a great mix in that. And then uh, of course on nonsense, like, um, you know, of course you playful, you get playful at the end of it. Are there lines that didn't make the cuts? Yeah. Like, are, are you, are you able to say some of those? Are those out there already?
0: (laughs) No they're not out there, um, and you know what? I'm gonna keep them to myself right now. <laughs> some of them are just too dirty, and then some of them were just really ridiculous, like it wouldn't make any sense. What was funny is, um there was one of the ones that was in the outro was initially in the chorus, and I was like I know it's called nonsense, y'all, but like this is gonna go right over people's heads like and so. That was kind of what inspired us to put them in the outro because I was like, it deserves to be heard. It's a good laugh, and we all need a good laugh. And so we put them in the end of the song. But yeah, that won't, that was definitely the most fun I've had writing a song for sure.
1: I think what champagne fueled possibly. I think I read that somewhere.
0: It could have been champagne. It could have been some <laughs> other cocktail. <laughs> we were still present, you know what I mean. But we were definitely letting loose. This was probably we wrote. Yeah, I think we tried to write a really sad, dramatic song that day. And this was this was like the hail mary of like, oh, let's just try to write something else. And then that's usually kind of how the fun ones really happen.
1: It's a good one. I enjoy that moment in the album right there. How much of this uh, being able to do this kind of album comes from not being on Hollywood Records anymore?
0: you just asked straight up, didn't you? No, it's a good question. Um, You know what? It It's so interesting because I really feel like, I mean, I signed with them when I was 12 years old. Naturally, you're going to go through so many different chapters of your life where, you know, I genuinely thought maybe the music I was making was what I wanted to be making at that time because I was 12, 13, 14. And then you kind of enter a new phase of your life and you have completely different preferences and taste and experiences inspiring what you're doing. And um, I am very grateful in the sense that, you know, when I did change, I was able to, to change. I think there was just other aspects of me that, that felt like I couldn't have made this record before I made it. Uh, and a lot of it just had to do with myself. You know, and a lot of it had to do with the life that I had allowed myself to experience and then also just like allowed myself to verbalize and feel comfortable verbalizing. And um, yeah, I think it had more to do with with me than anything else. But I also am so grateful for Island's support in me as a songwriter and also from day one, you know, me coming to them, having a very different vision than maybe what they had anticipated when they started working with me based on like maybe what they heard of, of what I was making before. And um, yeah, they were very supportive and I'm very lucky in that sense.
1: Well, it's a, it's a very cool new chapter. Thanks. That you've put out right here and how busy is the rest of the year? Like uh, I, I know emergency that uh, was at the beginning of the year. What's, what's next on that front?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's also been such a, such a whirlwind. And I'm so grateful because I, I started my, production company in the pandemic, and that's been such an incredible learning experience for me, and there's a few projects that I'm producing right now, um, and it's all happening at the same time as, like, a project that I really care about just, like, was born into the world, so it's, it's definitely a, a balancing act, but I'm so focused on the music of it all right now, and I'm just excited for what comes next after that. Hopefully some live shows, can't say too much, but definitely huge part of it all.
1: Well, I know in the meantime, we also have the videos, which are really entertaining. I was I was just watching one of the shorts about you and the tiger, like having yeah. the tiger around. So that's, because when you can do it, like it used to be always be a thing. I think it, like um, like back in the eighties, I would hear uh, about artists. They always like, everybody wanted a monkey. Like, what can we have? Let's have a monkey, but you, had, you got a tiger.
0: why did they want a monkey?
1: Who knows why it's funny. I don't There's know like it's...
0: eras I guess sure, the right. era of the monkey yeah. I had always dreamed of working with a tiger life of Pi was like the fuel I love that movie so much obviously that was a CGI tiger um and obviously I got really lucky to have Sheikah the real live tiger um and yeah it was so incredible I mean I think it also was was a really interesting way to tell that story uh in like a not maybe maybe not the same way that people hear the song so that was really exciting to me and film and has always been a huge part of my life and inspiration and what I do. So to be able to kind of like make your songs into these like little mini feature films is so special. I'm very lucky because it's, it's too fun to be a job. Sometimes,
1: you know, (laughs) they're great pieces to watch. I I really do mean that they're a lot of fun, Sabrina uh, emails. I can't send it is. It's such a good album. Congratulations.
0: Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting it. It means the world to me, truly.
1: Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks for taking the time to talk about it.
0: You're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: My thanks to Sabrina Carpenter. The uh, the new album is called Emails I Can't Send. Thanks to you as well for, uh, again, checking out the episode. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Three brand new interviews every single week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR wfpk.org or youtube for the video versions anywhere you get your podcast from subscribe to kyle meredith with then after that head over to wfpk.org that's where i do a show monday through friday 6 p.m eastern an hour full of song premieres music news anniversary spins bonus interviews monday through friday 6 p.m eastern at wfpk.org Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, mostly on Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. That's a web address, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
0: Like anytime I see Jack Harlow post about Kentucky, I'm like, maybe it's not so bad. He seems to like it. You
1: know, it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.